Daily Wisdom Words. Daily Wisdom Words. Daily Wisdom Words Podcast, a writing-based podcast that takes you into the minds of writers. Yes, and we give you a whole lot of discussion. Let's get into it. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Daily Wisdom Words. I am your co-host, Rini O'Day. Hey, everyone. I'm your co-host, Neil Turelli. We want to give you a very warm welcome to our latest episode. Join us every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time as we talk to guests who have stories, advice, and life hacks, all of which take us one step closer to the feeling of hope. It's an absolute pleasure today to welcome a hypnotherapist all the way from Bali. We have Stephanie Sargent. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, Steph. Nice to meet you. So Bali, huh? Our, yes. Our, our, yeah. Our, um, our audience may be a little confused that we're all kind of in the dark, but it's, it's five o'clock in California. So uh, it's getting yep. dark here because of daylight savings. And then Neil is seven o'clock in Dallas. You're nine o'clock. o'clock in the morning and yes. you're in monsoon season. So yeah, you're not the, having that, yeah. that glorious yeah. sunshine. <laughs> Yeah, not 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 right now. Not right now. It's um it's actually quite refreshing to have some rain after the heat. Yeah, you know, it gets to like 35, 40 degrees sometimes. Right. So it's um Oh. Yeah. How did yeah, how did you end up in Bali? <sighs> yeah, so how I ended up in Bali, I was traveling for many years. I left home at <clears throat> at 19. And um yeah, I was just traveling. I lived in India, Sri Lanka, all over Europe and you know, so many of my friends and people I met were telling me, Steph, you need to go to Bali. You're going to love it so much. And I was like, "Mm, I don't think so because it's, you know, I look online and it's very touristy. And I was really into India and Sri Lanka where there wasn't really much tourism in that, in that space and place. Um, But my partner, he was like, let's just go for a holiday. So we plan to go for one month traveling and I haven't left since. So oh. here I am four oh. years later. Lucky right. you. Well, you've got yeah. two people on your uh, guest list. So I hope the, the guest bedroom's ready. Yeah. ready. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a, it's, a really, it's a really magical place. A very, very, very I magical place. I'm very blessed to be able to live here. Um, Can, yeah, I've heard wow. that. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess for starters, I know that we, uh, as we introduce you to our audience, you are a hypnotherapist, but can you tell um, our audience what exactly um, a hypnotherapist does and uh, how did you get started in that profession? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, you can use hypnotherapy in many different ways, right? You can use hypnotherapy for age regression or you can use it to stop smoking. So there's so many different ways that you can, can use it and each hypnotherapist will have their unique style and what they kind of specialize in. The way and the path that I've gone is uh, using a holistic, holistic approach. Um, and what I basically do is I, I put people into, or my clients into an altered state, which ultimately is the theta brainwave. You know, when we think of hypnosis, we think that we're completely out unconscious and we wake up after, but that's actually not the truth. You're very much Um, conscious throughout the session and only a small percentage of my clients won't remember. So you're very much in control. You're just very relaxed. You know, if you've ever gone deep into a meditation and you're just kind of floaty, it's that state. Mm -hmm. 
And the way that I use hypnosis is for trauma healing, whether that's, you know, big mm-hmm. T or small T tra- uh, trauma. And I use this because I just feel that all of the way, you know, the way that we act as adults, you know, it stems back from events in childhood or adolescence. So I take my clients, I use age regression specifically, and I go back into these incidences where people have felt extremely overwhelmed, traumatized, you know, these types of events. And we just begin to unpack that. We unpack the emotions which are stuck within the body and the mind. We unpack the story, the neuropathway, which has been kind of linked and people relive that memory in those situations as they grow older. So the way that I work is to release that rewire and change um, in the adult brain so that then when they, you know, after the session, most of the time that anxiety, depression, all of these things begin to reduce. Um, Which, which, yeah, and that's really the reason why I became a hypnotherapist is because from a young age, as young as 17, I had been in the, the healing world. From a very young age, I always wanted to be a massage That's therapist. That's really, really young to, yeah. to know and to do that. I mean, what, I mean, did you know that at like, you know, seven, eight, or did yeah. it just, you know, yeah. build? Yeah. Um, actually, I remember I was really young and my brother would come home and he would hurt himself in rugby. And I was like, well, I can heal it. I'll just put my hands over it and I'll massage it. And I just had this, yeah, I just had this, this feeling. And when I got to 16 at the time is when you left school in the UK at 15, 16. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. And my mom was like, you love massage stuff, just go and do massage. So that's what I did. And I went and studied massage and holistic therapy. So Reiki, reflexology, uh, massage, touch, healing, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And I loved it. And this kind of took me onto onto my journey. And for many years, I was a, a massage therapist. And I began to notice, you know, that lots of healing, uh, lots of clients I was working with, it was helping the massage. But I started realizing that there was also this, you know, what was going on in the mind. I was like, this is, you know, this person is healing, but there's something going on mentally. And that's where I kind of decided to go into yoga. And I started to look at asana. That took me deeper into meditation. Um, And then, you know, at the time I was, you know, when I was younger, I was really dealing with my own issues. You know, I had bouts of depression and bulimia. And so I was like, oh, I've got to understand this. I've got to understand this. And layer by layer, meditation took me deeper into that. And and then about five and a half years ago, I met a beautiful woman who's one of my dear friends and a mentor. And she did hypnotherapy on me when I was teaching at a yoga retreat. Um, Mm -hmm. And it just blew my mind. It just really Mm -hmm. blew my mind what she did. And we went into, you know, all of these events and my true feelings. And, and I was like, oh, wow. You know, I had tried, you know, lots of different talk therapies and it just didn't seem to help me um, unlock what was happening at a subconscious level. And she said to me, you know, Steph, you have this, this healing energy, you have this, um, this way with people, they open up to you and you responded to hypnosis very well. Would you consider maybe studying this? And I was like, yes, yes, I would. And that's when I embarked on the hypnotherapy journey and I ended up moving to India 
and studying um, hypnotherapy with Dr. Blossom Fatando in the hypnotherapy school. Wow. India. Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It's your calling. Yeah, so go on. I'm sorry. Is. Yeah. Um, um, and I really didn't have any plans to be a hypnotherapist. My plan was to, to kind of heal myself and just like my family and friends and, and it just happened so naturally, you know, I, I started working with people and I would do it for free. You know, I was just like, I just want to help. I just want to help. And, um, it just naturally started flowing that way until I was like, Oh, I'm fully booked. <laughs> Maybe I oh. should start yes. as, <laughs> as my profession. And ever since then it's, it's just been, yeah, that's been my, my profession. And it's, um, I've done many other trainings. You know, I also took a, um, my two year diploma to become a, a counselor with the UK. So I'm a fully licensed oh, counselor wow. as well. Wow. And I did a lot of trauma informed. You are I work amazing. A... Oh, thank yes. you. <laughs> wow. And it, and it shows because even today you talk oh. about being fully busy. I see those testimonials that you share on Instagram and on your website, mm -hmm. and all those uh, clients of yours who are, who just are raving about you and have like mm -hmm. say that you're the most amazing thing that ever happened to them. So. Your Instagram page is, everybody yeah, needs to follow yeah. you. We'll get into yeah. that though. But I do want to know, have you ever gone into a past life? Have you ever been yes. able to go deep into that? Yeah. Because that fascinates me. Yeah. And, and I think actually when we think of hypnosis, we, we think a lot about past life, actually. Um, we don't mm -hmm. tend to think about it as perhaps trauma healing, um, you know, and that's super normal. Um, and yes, the answer is I have, I have access many of my past lives. Um, really? and I do, do help my clients with that as well. Um, kind of tap into, tap into those, those parts of who we are, of our soul, of our frequency. Um, and it's very fascinating actually, because yeah, I mean, some people believe in past lives, some people do not, but just from my understanding, I've just had too many experiences with myself and clients, um, you know, of these things that have turned out to be so real and so true. Um, so everyone can access these, everyone can tap into them. Um, typically, I always suggest let's make sure everything is whole and complete in this life. Um, and then we'll, we'll look into the into the past life. But you know, sometimes people, they've got, you know, a fear or a phobia. And they just can't get rid of it. And they were, you know, when I do the countdown to take me into the root cause of what's going on, they're straight in a past life without any, you know, that's just what wow. they need to heal. Wow. Yeah. And it can feel, yeah. it can mm -hmm. feel a little bit strange, you know, accessing that and seeing that. And many of my clients have been like, that was so real. You know, that mm -hmm. was definitely not right. made up. I was a different person from that time. It's very right. fascinating work. It's it's never boring. That's for sure. No, Taking I, it's like a movie I, each time. I, I am fascinated. Yeah. Fascinated. Yeah. And it's funny you, you mentioned that. It's, it, you said like it's like a movie. So can you tell us how is it like? You know the common people who don't know too much about hypnotherapy. Like if you say 
hypnotizing somebody, their stereotypical view, right, is of a man on stage saying, I will count to five. And so, I mean, how different is, is there, <laughs> is there any relevance to all of that that we see on TV or we see in the movies as yeah, opposed absolutely. like compared to what you do? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, that's what most people uh, think. And most of my clients, when they come to see me for the first time, they're really nervous. Like, are you going to tell me when we start? Like, am I going to be out? You know, and this, this is, this is staged hypnotism. This is very different to hypnotherapy. Hypnotherapy is something that we're using as a therapeutic, you know, in a therapeutic setting, you know, something to help the client. Stage hypnotism is, um, everyone can go into hypnosis, but the stage hypnotists, what they're doing is they're seeking out and they're looking for, um, easily suggestible and easily hypnotized people because not everyone can go that deep into the state of being controlled. I think it's, I think it's about 50 to 60%. So it's still quite a high percentage of the audience that will go into that state. Um, but they're looking for a particular person, the way they're looking, the way they're acting, their body language, they're looking for that. And what they do is they put you into a very deep state and they use the, the method of shock. So they'll use something, uh, typically, this is not for every, every person, but a stage of shock where once you shock the nervous system, you know, if they pull the head like a jerk and then they'll say sleep. And what this does is it, 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 it over um, puts the nervous system into overdrive and then you kind of go into this kind of um, play dead uh, default. Oh, and that takes wow. you deep into like a theta delta state. Um, and mm -hmm. then they can make you do even under hypnosis, you're very suggestible, you know, even the people that I work with you, you're very relaxed, you're very open. Mm -hmm. So you're mm -hmm. much more suggestible. But yeah, that's that's the difference. And then they make them do all kinds of um, funny things for entertainment. And of <laughs> course, the way that I work is when like when I yeah yeah i mean really that's it you know yeah. when, when i I, meet I, people. Would, I would totally make a fool out of myself on stage i've chosen never to go on stage to do that because yeah. i would be the person dancing hula or something yeah and to be honest it it, it really upsets me because i think that it it can really traumatize people mm -hmm. to to go into mm -hmm. those levels and i've actually worked with uh, dear clients of mine that have been extremely tra traumatized by those events um, right. and yeah, yeah I, I, I really, with every part of myself, don't, don't agree with that because, um, right. yeah, obviously because of the work that I do, I take it quite seriously. Um, right. so when, I, when I do meet someone who's a stage hypnotist, I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> it's very well, different. It's, to it's what apples I do. and oranges. Right. Yeah. Their purpose, the stage hypnotist, I would say it's all theirs. They're there to like grow their own brand, entertain the people, get more money mm -hmm. for more shows, whereas you are actually helping those, your clients, you are, you know, really serving them in a way. So mm -hmm. I would imagine that yeah. I, I, can, the I could see why that would, right, that I could see why that would, that you would not be too fond of that because it's two opposite goals. You're for your clients. Mm -hmm. The stage hypnotists are there to promote themselves, right? Primarily, at least most of them. Yeah. Yeah. So you, and it, Sorry. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Please answer. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, that, it, you know, it, it can be, it can be, you know, a fun trick and it, it can be, you know, all of that. But ultimately, those stage hypnotists are looking for a, a more vulnerable person, um, mm -hmm. you know, and we know that vulnerability comes 
from you know past experiences so mm-hmm. yeah it, it, it's a it's an interesting topic um but yeah i mean of course the way that i work is that you're coming for hypnosis under you're coming for therapy under hypnosis so mm-hmm. i use a progressive relaxation to put my clients into a form of hypnosis or deep relaxation um and that's it takes about 15 minutes of you just listening to the sound of my voice, you know, really. Yeah, my beautiful relaxing. voice. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. just very relaxing, creating a lot of. And safety. you look exactly like Shailene Woodley, the actress. I don't know who that is. Oh, she's beautiful. She's Thank beautiful. You. She's one of the best actresses. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, you mentioned about, you know, those, the stage hypnotists, they always get suggestive people. What I wanted to ask is that, is it true what they say that nobody can be hypnotized against their will, even if sometimes they come in and you, you mentioned now 50 to 60% is probably a good number suggested by you, but is that the overall picture that there are just some people who just may not be able to be hypnotized or is it possible Absolutely. for everybody? Yeah, you have to be willing, right? So if I get a wife who's forcing her husband to have a hypnotherapy session because she thinks it will help him, but he doesn't want to do it, it's probably mm. going to be very difficult um, unless we build that that trust and he wants to do it. Yeah, everyone has to be willing mm-hmm. um, to go into that space. Everyone can be hypnotized. There are a very small percentage, which um, I think I've had maybe one session a one client that was just, you know, not able, not able to, to go into any form. And it was, you know, we just look at it as a, the way I look at it anyway, as being trauma informed is there's just so many walls, so many layers. I'm Mm -hmm. not safe. I'm not safe with this person to, to go into my, my past and my feelings. It's totally understandable. And I would then send him to see someone to do energy work, you know, begin mm-hmm. to break down and feel safe within his body. And then later on, we would then do the work and then it worked. So that's just because my that's approach. what we are. We are energy. That's Absolutely. what we are. We are energy, you know? So if you're resistant to that, I can understand them not being able to go into that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we have so, to, when we heal, we have to feel safe. That's the first, you know, that's the first mm-hmm. part. And um, many people have built lots of walls, you know, around them because they have been through heartache and pain and trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have to respect that and not push too hard. But yeah, 99.9% of everyone that I see, it's always different. Some people are very visual. Some people hear, some people feel only. Um, it's, it's all different. And each one is just perfectly divine, whatever way that they experience it. So you talked about, um, you know, learning the hypnotherapy from a great teacher in India. And then you, then, then, um, then, um, uh, then you went and studied therapy in Britain, correct? Yes. So I did my first two trainings in India with Dr. Blossom Fatando. And then I did, um, I did a two year, it was actually online and we, because of, uh, there was part of half of COVID within that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but before I did that, I did my trauma informed counseling as well. And then I did the two years to, um, online with BSEP, which is the British counseling and psychology association. Oh, okay. So right. I, I'm offer, I think, okay. So I don't know. I've been to a therapist 
And sometimes it's really hard to, you know, open up and, and say what's on your mind. So I'm thinking hypnotherapy because you're, you're so relaxed and so calm. Do you find that your patients are more open to talking about the trauma? Yeah. Yeah. And this is, um, this is what tends to happen is let's just take uh, an example. If someone comes in to see me, they have uh, chronic anxiety or, or depression or both. And, you know, you'll ask and you'll speak consciously, like as we are now, you know, how are you feeling? All of these things we go into, we go, where I ask the questions, you know, what happened to you? Um, anything that you remember? Pa- uh, how was your relationship with your parents? You know, there's very standard therapeutic questions. And most of the time, they'll be able to remain very calm, tell the story and, and not have really have an emotion attached mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. As soon as you go into hypnosis, and this is pretty much everyone, and you go back into the story under hypnosis, the emotion will come because we're safe yeah. to feel. And that's, that, this, is, this is what maybe the way that I work with hypnotherapy a little bit differently is, um, is really working with emotions because mm-hmm. I believe that every single decision, action, partner that we choose, that we do, that we make is from a feeling, you know, right. we're always, especially in the West, very thinking, always thinking, 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 what do I want what do I think that I want? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, in doing that, we completely miss our feelings, which is an energy within the body. So mm-hmm. once we can go into that and then suddenly, you know, this person thought that they had dealt with their relationship with their mom or their dad, but actually there's still a lot of anger. There's still a lot of resentment or pain or hurting. And my job is to help clear that out. And that's by venting and feeling. And and we can spend sometimes 20 minutes to an hour of just really going deep into the emotions that we have suppressed and repressed for, for many, many years. So it's always very interesting to watch how, and at a conscious level, we feel or look so unaffected, but what's going on unconsciously in the subconscious is a lot of different emotions. And they're the ones which are dictating their mood, their decisions, their life. Wow. Right. Wow. That's, yeah. That's yeah. Um, Sign me you know, up. Wow. <laughs> of course. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, so you mentioned, uh, you just get, as an example, you listed like anxiety, depression. what are some of the most common issues that, um, people come to you for? Mm. Yeah, actually over the last, definitely the last four years, um, in, in the first two years, I took anyone and everyone, you know, to get my experience. And I'm so happy that I did that. And I really have worked with smoking, drug addiction, alcohol, Um, I've worked with depression, anxiety, bipolar, um, fears, phobias, you know, small fears and phobias is someone being afraid of bananas or, you know, very, you know, that is so funny. My niece is afraid of bananas. It's a real thing. Lots of people have this. Um, (laughs) yeah. Um, so then take down, you know, her to, num- to mem- take down her number and send your number. I know, right? I'm, I'm, right. Like, I'm going to give her your number. <laughs> so, yeah, for I'm sure. sorry for interrupting. <clears throat> no worries, no worries. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, really, it's just so many different, so many different things. Um, you know, we all have they, something, right? 
We all have something. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We, we all do have something. And, and I find that the clients that I work with, they've, hypnotherapy is usually like the last resort. You know, they've gone to therapy. It hasn't worked. Wow. They've got, mm-hmm. you know, all of these different things. And you know, hypnotherapy is just another tool. You know, I'm not saying it's the, you know, the, the final and the best thing. And, you know, but it, it, it is something that takes you just that, that much deeper. And it does seem to have, you know, I've worked with older, older, you know, one of the oldest clients I've ever worked with is 75. And he just had a fear of everything, you know, fear, fear oh. of, 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 of everything. <laughs> and because he just repressed everything so, so deeply and, and mm-hmm. tucked it all away. And, you know, he had been going for years to therapists, but really all he needed was to go into that root cause. And that's what we call in hypnosis, the root cause of our issues. You know, the first time it impacted us. So, and created that blueprint of how we operate in the world. Um, Mm -hmm. He had to go into that and and do inner child work, which is a huge part of hypnotherapy. Um, Do that inner child work and create that inner child to be safe and and wholesome and protected. And then, you know, all of this fear, fear began to reduce and he was able to do the things that he loved again. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's, it's really, it's really fascinating how much we can endure and how much we hold in our bodies so tightly packed in our mind that we need to protect Mm -hmm. that. But when we have the opportunity to, you know, allow all our shadows and our pain to come out, how much we, you know, get to know ourselves and how much we can amplify and, and live a happier, healthier life. Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, and that relates to something, uh, can we touch on a couple of posts that you um, posted on your Instagram? And I thought we'd go over them um, to kind of... By, I'm for, by the way, I'm sorry, people. Neil. I have to say what? that the, the post, Please. you in front of the waterfall, oh my gosh, that made me so jealous. At the, Bali, you're in Bali and you're standing in mm-hmm. front of the waterfall and I'm like, this woman is living in paradise. This is like, I want your life. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> you can definitely come for a holiday whenever you want. Oh, thank you. <laughs> right. I'm sorry, so, Neil. <laughs> no, no, that, that was great. I, I agree. I mean, it seems, it does seem like a really beautiful place. Your Instagram so. rocks. It's, yeah. And mine is of my things... dogs. <laughs> <laughs> but, Me too. Um, well, yeah. There you go, right? Common theme there. Um, mm-hmm. One post I remember on Instagram where you said that um, you talked about uh, looking to others for acceptance, right? Which many of us do. I know I've certainly done it. We all, as human beings, we crave for acceptance, compliments. Nice. And you said that that was something when you were younger, you did that a lot, but slowly you were able to overcome that. So can you talk a little bit briefly about how were you, how and when were you able to overcome that feeling? Yeah, and I think that, you know, started so young, if we, if we talk about it properly, it, it, it of course goes back to my childhood, um, you know, moving schools a lot and not really creating a solid foundation with friends. And, you know, I was, as a young child, I was bullied quite a lot, um, singled out, um, and I just always mm-hmm. craved, you know, to be part of something. And, and so as I grew older, you know, I, I, at school being insecure, I, you know, I, I, I had a lot of insecurities and, and, and still, you know, I'm still working through them. It's a work in progress. Um, and, 
yeah, I just was always like, I need to be accepted and then I will feel good. You know, when this, when the popular girl likes me, then I know that, you know, I'm good and I'm accepted. And I carried that, you know, kind of all the way through. And so it, it, it just, it re- until I started doing the deep work on myself, you know, we just think that this is normal and, and it, it's so strange because you just think that's the way it is, right? You just think that I need that I acceptance. And I want to cry right now. Mm. Yeah. But you're, you're so right because it's like I said earlier, it, it is, and especially when we're younger, right? We're so impressionable and it is so normal to want to fit in right, and want people to take us in acceptance, and sometimes people go through absurd lengths to try to achieve that, like they'll change their looks, they'll change their personality, they'll put on as many masks as they need to, and it, yeah. it is sad, but unfortunately true. Yeah, we all do it to some degree, you know, like, and then when I got to my mid-teens, early 20s is when I really kind of, you know, became so obsessed with my body you know I thought that that was that was the only way of acceptance you know and that's when I became you know borderline anorexic to bulimia and I carried that that idea for so many years you know that I have to be a certain way and then I'll be accepted and it it just it runs it goes so deep Um, and until I really got to know these these parts of who I am and that this was all insecurity is when I could start to to realize, okay, first of all, I need to fill up my own cup. I need to truly, you know, love who I am. And that is, that's hard. That's actually hard. It is. It is. To yeah. really love every part of your body, of your thoughts, of your past, and the, the, the mistakes that you've made, and the, the wrongs that you've done, and the things that people have done to you, to truly forgive yourself and and begin to to love that and that really is still a a work in progress you know for me there's and I still notice patterns you know I've I've definitely overcome needing to please everyone that is you know that's a trauma response it's called fawning Um, and typically we go into fight flight and lots of people forget about fawning and that's people pleasing and it's a form of manipulation you know if we if we think everyone loves us and likes us and we we sacrifice our authenticity then we're in control and everyone will love us and we won't get hurt that's what i did so i handed out my i broke away my authenticity in order to to just be liked and loved and of course then you build resentment like why is that person not honoring me and and it all kind of piles up and you know even recently I came up against that situation and I realized with a certain person that I was doing that again and I was like oh my god this pattern it's come back you know 10 years later it's still there and I had to really go okay let me do the shadow work let me go back in let me go back in and feel this and 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 do that little bit of inner child work and bring myself back into my present and my groundedness and all of the work that I've done and sometimes we just we need to do that Right? Because these habits, they, they're so very deeply ingrained. They're an integral part of, of who we are. And sometimes they do come creeping back a little bit. And then right. we just have to right. sit yeah. with it and do the work again. I really resented my mom for a few years. You know, I was like, it's, it's, it's your fault that I've been suffering. It's your fault. And it, it took me a lot of work 
you know, to, to realize that what she did and her decisions were purely from a space of motherly love and that she just wanted to protect me and stop me from hurting. And in that, you know, and I could start to see from her perspective, you know, I went into her body and I, under hypnosis and I, I felt the pain that she went through and this gave me the compassion that nothing is personal. Like you didn't do anything mm -hmm. on purpose and that no. forgiveness that for yourself, right? And, and, mm -hmm. and slowly, mm -hmm. when she does that, that inner work, you will mm -hmm. be able to repair that relationship at some point. It just needs a little mm -hmm. time and space. Thank you. Yeah, that's, that space is what, what is, needs to happen. One thing that everybody individually, right, has to play their part in their growth mentally and, and psychologically, right? It's not, it, it can never just be, oh, I, I see a therapist, so I'll be fine. I, I noticed that you've, uh, you also mentioned that to a client who left a testimonial on Instagram. You said that mm. it's not just therapy. It's also mm -hmm. you doing your part. So it's you too. It's a little bit of my help, a little bit of you. So can you like, uh, just a few tips or life hacks that in addition to your clients that come to you and seek therapy, what else can they do while they're doing that to supplement? Like as far as, you know, staying positive or, you know, as you said, it's a progress, a work in progress to so keep that progress going. What are some of the things they can do like away from you after or before, you know, each session with you or any other hypnotherapist? Yeah, <clears throat> that's a good question. I think that, first of all, we have to find the right therapist. We have to find the right hypnotherapist, counselor, what, whatever that is, because that, that, that relationship between client and hypnotherapist or therapist is really important. And quite often, if we don't get the right person, you know, healing doesn't really occur. So first of all, finding really the right therapist um, that will help you understand that it's you doing the work and the therapist is simply a guide and will help you to a point. Um, and that's when it's really important to know, you know, know that you want to get better, know that you want to, to heal. Um, and first of all, just taking that responsibility that I can't put this on anyone else. I can ask for support. I can ask for help, but ultimately I'm willing and ready to go into this. You know, lots of people are forced into therapy and that can cause, you know, sometimes it helps. And sometimes it's like, you know, I worked with an alcoholic whose family pushed him every time to go into therapy. And it wasn't until seven years later when he was like, no, no, now I want to do the work. And then he healed. Mm. And he right. quit alcohol. So first of all, establishing that that baseline and that that real that real connection, because I know that I went from therapist to therapist and therapist. And then when I found uh, Shika, I found my first therapist where I was like, she gets me, she understands me, right. and I can feel safe. Then I could start it. Yeah. I started to really trust myself and other people. Um, right. once, you know, once you've been through therapy, you know, it is good to be a little bit regular and, and what I think it, it, it takes is consistency, you know, mm -hmm. that consistency mm -hmm. of, I don't want to show up at therapy today. I'm, I'm, I'm annoyed. I'm, I've had a bad day. Mm -hmm. I've had an argument. I don't want to go. Right. And you just show up anyway and, and, and you do it yeah. and you, and you get there and, and those are the days just, you need to go. Absolutely. 
Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's so many tools that I could go into that will help you help people ground or, you know, become a little bit more stable. And I always say the biggest one that we have, which we forget and take for granted is our breath. Our breath is mm. really the most powerful right. tool. I was going to ask have. you about that. Yeah. 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 So I'm so glad you brought it up. Yeah. Because, you know, the way that we breathe, it's, it's monitoring our nervous system, uh, which is then governing our hormones. And most of the time when we're going through a big emotion, which we're not even aware of subconsciously or consciously, if we're having a panic attack is we're actually breathing you know, think about how you're breathing right now. Are you breathing down into your belly? Are you breathing into your throat, into your, into your chest? And when we actually can learn to breathe, it's, it's a tool which is completely free. We don't have to do anything, go anywhere. We just begin to breathe. And that in itself is going to change like a, a physical change, which will then change yeah. mentally. So that's really the biggest thing that I, that I say to, to my clients is, you know, breathe and you know, we don't have to, to think positively all the time. We don't have to try and change. Simply be with whatever comes up. Feel whatever yeah. feeling comes up. And, right. you know, we're so scared. We're so scared of painful emotions, anger and rage and crying and being sad and yeah. guilt and shame. It's like we feel it and we're like, oh, I got to get away from that. Oh, that's, you know, I'm going to mm -hmm. go for a walk. I'm going to, I don't want to, mm -hmm. I don't want to feel that emotion. And it's the same with physical pain. If you touch, you know, touch something that's burning, you pull away. But the same, mm. the same was what we do with um, an emotion. But actually right. what the gift is, is to be like, whoa, okay, I'm super triggered right now. I feel really ashamed. Right. I feel really upset. Mm. And I think what starts with emotional intelligence, which most of us don't teach children, okay, sit with that shame. Let's, let's feel it. Let's feel that shame. Where is it in your body? Where are you feeling that shame? It's in my chest and it's tight and I feel like I'm going to cry. Okay, cry. Let's feel that. Let's mm -hmm. feel that shame. Yeah. And typically right, yeah. that, you know, that as energy does, it moves out when we give it a name, when we give it the, you know, giving it the, the energy and the respect that that emotion deserves because it's a part of you. Mm -hmm. It's not right. going to go away if you push it down. And when we have mm -hmm. all of these emotions, this is what causes disease in the body mm -hmm. no when we're when we're looking at people who have got autoimmune diseases cancer or even asthma what emotion Me. are they suppressing and repressing yeah mm -hmm. there is there yeah. is a I have, i've had asthma yeah all my mm -hmm. life and, yeah i have autoimmune and, diseases yeah yeah and and in my way this is just the way that i think because i i really respect western medicine and western psychology but i also really believe that in ayurveda you know they <clears throat> they say that yeah. every disease begins within the mind it's a thought a thought mm -hmm. generates an emotion and an emotion mm -hmm. if not released is manifested within the physical mm -hmm. body right so the more wow. that we allow our emotions to come up and be like you know what i'm really angry when I'm really angry and I feel that rage, I'm just like, yeah, it's here. I'm going to go scream into a pillow until it's out. I don't hold that right. in me because I know that in three years or I'm going to get sick, you know, and, mm -hmm. and something that I struggle with when I know when I'm repressing my truth, when I know that I'm repressing um, 
my expression because that's something that I it will it is something from my past especially that I hold my truth in and I don't mm-hmm. <clears throat> fully speak it to make you know other people feel more comfortable I get sick mm-hmm. I always get a cold and mm-hmm. that's my wow. body's way yeah. of saying hey there's a lot of emotion in you and you're not you're not releasing it and I'm sad mm-hmm. and I'm tired mm-hmm. and I get sick And then I'm like, oh, Steph, that's my body. It's my body telling me. Mm -hmm. And I honor that. And then I look back over that month. Where have Mm -hmm. I done that? Where have I repressed? And most of the time, I just need a big cry. You know, I just Mm -hmm. need a big Mm -hmm. cry. I believe in crying. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, one thing before we, and we're going to, you know, uh, talk about your social media handles. But just before that, you talked I just wanted to ask this real quick question that I came up. Is there, what is the correct way to breathe, right? You mentioned, because I've read so many different things. Oh, for this activity, you do it through a diaphragm, this. Is there a correct, as, as, especially when it comes to emotions and or having a panic attack or something, is there like one correct way? Hmm. So I studied yoga and pranayama for a long time, and there was ver- there's very different breaths for very specific um emotions uh, right. and you know so that's a whole I that's did a whole not subject. Know that. wow yeah wow. yeah so there's okay. you know um it's a little hack that you know we have the left and the right hemisphere of the brain uh the left is more logical the right is creativity subconscious so we can right. hack by what nostril we breathe into if we breathe into the left we're going to activate the right hemisphere if we breathe in through the right we're going to activate oh. the left oh, hemisphere wow. And so we can actually biohack how, you know, if I've got a meet, you know, before this, I know that I have to be in my logical mind as, as we talk, mm-hmm. um, or when I'm doing a, a contract or a meeting, I will use that as, okay, let's get into the left brain. I've got to be analytical. I've got to think. But when I want to go into my meditation, when I want to sit with my client and feel, I go into my right hemisphere. When I want to paint, I go into my right hemisphere. Oh, okay. So yeah, you can find that on YouTube. You can just type in, you know, left, left. Uh, it's called Nadi Shodana. And there's, uh, um, yeah, you can, you can find that. Well, that's actually, that's balanced breathing. And that's what I'm going to go into now. But yeah, you can find it on YouTube. I can't remember the names of the, of the two breathing now. But um, yeah, you can, you can really activate where you want to be. And that's a big part of biohacking. Um, right. when we want to feel our emotions, you know, we're taught from a young age actually to be in our left brain, you know, from four years old, we get put in a uniform in the UK and we go to, mm-hmm. um, we go to school and we have six lessons a day and we start ABC and we, we're taught mm-hmm. to move out right. of our creativity and we're taught to go into our left brain, but our left brain is also ignoring all of our emotions, our intuition, right? Mm-hmm. Our, mm-hmm. our connection. So it's dangerous to be in our left hemisphere all the time. And most of us mm-hmm. are. We want to learn how to get over into the right. And even better, as the yogis would say, we want to be in the center. And that's where we feel uh-huh. extreme, extreme peace. Right. And that's when, when, yeah. yeah. When, my, when my kids were younger and in school, I tried to get them to have the kids do 15 minutes of yoga in the morning just so that they could, you know, learn to breathe, learn to not... Uh, you know, bully or, you know, whatever, you know, emotion that they had because they go into class and they're so wound up, but we need to bring that down. So yeah, I tried to get it in, but now they're doing it. 
Great. I'm so happy to hear mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll share, I'll share the, the, the most kind of uh, basic breathing and that is um, box breath. So we inhale for four, two, three, four. We hold the breath in for two, three, four. We exhale for two, three, four. Hold the breath out for two, three, four. Inhale, two, three, four. Hold the breath in the chest, two, three, four. Exhale for four, two, three, four. And we continue like that. As simple as that. That was nice. <laughs> yeah, I got to try um, that tonight, right? Before I know. I, 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 right? I, I do. I... And that's something that we want to, you know, we can use our breath to either get ourselves hyped up or we can use it to calm down. The bigger the inhale, the more life we're taking, we're taking in. Mm-hmm. And the longer the exhale, the more we calm down. So if someone who has depression, I would say maybe work on, you know, bringing things up a little bit, uh, breathe in for a little bit longer and then a, you know, karma exhale. If someone's got anxiety, you want to take a short breath in slowly and then a long eight breath out. So okay. these little things, but honestly, the, the okay. box breath is, is mm-hmm. super safe for everyone. And it's what I tell my clients to do. They have a little box and they watch it or they do it in their mind. And I always mm-hmm. think we just want to give the most simple things. Because when we start going, hey, you need to wake up and you need to do a 45-minute asana yoga practice and then Mm -hmm. you need to do journaling and then you need to have a Mm -hmm. cacao and then you need to do this and then you'll be good. People aren't going to do that, especially when they're upset, when they're living in trauma. They need something very quick, very short that they can integrate into their life quickly. Right. That's great. Especially in today's times, right, when it's Mm -hmm. their brains just go in all directions, partly because of social media, partly because of just... I mean, it's we're living in such chaotic times, right? That that makes yeah. sense to have something. Yeah, we're all living in our, you know, in our fight and flight. Every single one mm-hmm. of us, we're, mm-hmm. we're we're producing cortisone all the time. Right. You know, when, yeah. and then we feel tired, so then we drink coffee, and then we drink, and then we have more. You know, and then we eat sugar to pick ourselves up, and then we're creating more. We're stuck in yeah. this loop, and most of the time, you right. know, sometimes if clients come to me. Let's look at your diet. You know, I have a holistic approach. Mm -hmm. If someone's got chronic anxiety and they're drinking six cups of coffee a day, I'm pretty sure if we reduce that coffee to zero Mm -hmm. in a couple of months, your anxiety without the hypnosis is going to be better. Wow. Well, you know, um, on your um, Instagram, you talk about making custom recordings for people. Can you tell us about that? Like if, you know, if you can't um, actually become more clients, they can get a custom recording from you? Mm. Um, actually, this is, this, is for, um, this is for my clients that I do work oh. with. I, okay. I do send them for free. I send free recordings out to anyone who asks, you know, if they need one okay. for confidence or, really? or whatever that may be. Okay. Yeah, because I'm just all about it. Shout out to? <laughs> no, no, Elle and I are like, we're on the list. Yeah, because we, yeah. this has been so like enlightening and at least for me i mean i can't tell you how as you were speaking each and every answer that you gave it's just like i bawled hello yeah yeah it was like there she pulled go. something yeah, out of me so, that was okay thank you. Oh, so staff, is it through your website you. or like is it through your website or how how does that work like yeah so um so for, for booking 
well, let, let's talk about how, how it works with the session and then how I can help okay, without a session. Sure. So with the session, what I do is I do all the trauma work we go into, and these are about three to four hour sessions sometimes. So they're pretty long, very deep. Um, mm -hmm. um, and then what I do at the end, once people have gone through, you know, a, quite a big experience is I use um, a script and these scripts are to, you know, enhance confidence or for sleep or for smoking, whatever the issue is. And I will record that on my phone and get my lovely assistant to put some nice music over it and then mm -hmm. send it. So it's not high, high quality, you know, mm -hmm. in a studio recording. This is just personalized that, that what I do. So that person has their name and, you know, they can feel that connection. And then they'll listen to that for 60 days after the session. So it goes deep into the subconscious. The only way that we can change the subconscious programming is by going into theta state and changing what we do in hypnosis, changing the memory and doing something over and over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. So if we do both of them, we get a much higher chance that that person's going to, to get better. Um, so that's what I do with, with those clients. Um, and then, you know, if people message me and, you know, they, they have something going on and I, I don't have time to, to, to see them, I can send them a recording. However, there are so many amazing ones recorded on YouTube as well. Um, but yeah, I do have a few, I do have a few recordings, which I, I do send out. Um, and also on my, on my website, I'm this, this, uh, hold on this weekend, <laughs> I am recording a, um, two days of worth of lectures. So everything that I've learned, I'm condensing into a lecture, oh, which wow. I put on okay. my website right. so people oh. can really, okay. you know, understand, yeah. you know, what is uh -huh. trauma? What is emotion? What's the difference between mm -hmm. emotions and feelings? What is a primary mm -hmm. emotion? Why do I get triggered? What is happening in mm -hmm. my brain? past mm -hmm. life, you know, all of these little things that mm -hmm. people really want to understand that will be on my website as well. Yeah. Okay. Can you give us your website? And, yeah, please. Yes, do. for sure. Um, it is at the moment, uh, purereasons.com. Oh, I love mm. that. Okay. Yeah. I, I love, love that. Yeah. yeah. And we'll I'm going to we'll be checking sure it out. That, um, <laughs> um, we'll be sure to put that in the description when this video comes out in the interview. Mm -hmm. So we'll put that in. And also, can you tell people your Instagram handle. Yeah, it is Steph.hypnotherapy. Perfect. Steph, you are amazing. A really, yeah. just like, I mean, I mean, you really are a, just yeah. a wonderful, amazing person. And thank, thank you for you. this. Thank you for doing this. You have um, opened my eyes quite a bit and um, I'm going to be contacting you. <laughs> Please do. It would be an honor to work I with you. I would love really. to. Oh, yeah. you're so yeah. sweet. And thank yeah. you for coming on and enjoy. Thank you so I hope... much for doing this. I know. I thank know. You guys. That, it's been um... so beautiful. You guys are so sweet and loving. Thank oh, you, you for are. Your, you are. Your and we'd like to energy. have you back someday. Absolutely. Because there's yeah, a lot I want to go into with you about, this, you know. Yeah, there's so I know, much I we could ask, we could talk to you about. For, and... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah, well, whenever you're ready, I'm them. ready. <laughs> okay. okay, sounds great. Yeah. Well, enjoy okay. Bali and we thank will you. be in contact. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. It was really such a, such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you pleasure for having me ours. on the show. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You have a good pleasure. day. Okay, sweetie. You have a good day. Yeah. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Lots of love. Bye. Bye. Thank you everyone for watching.
And thank you, Stephanie, for coming on this week. You were an amazing guest. Absolutely. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at all the links listed in the description. Don't forget to hit like on this video and subscribe to this channel so you never miss an episode. And if you want to show us a little extra love, we also have a link for donations now. Thank you, everyone, once again, and we will see you right here next week at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye-bye.